All right, folks, we are back here with uh, Moira Gallagher. How are you doing, Moira? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. Back in Anchorage, I'm here for the weekend from, from the swamp, Juno, Juno, the Juno Swamp. I'm back. Juno Swamp. You made it out. I did. Uh, you know what? It's You've, you've worked in Juno or no? Yes. It is It is um, always kind of 50-50 if you're going to get out because of weather or some problem. Um, it's, it's interesting trying to get in and out of Juno. It's almost the worst time of year to have the session is from January to April because it's the worst time of year to try and get in and out. I've, I cannot count the percentage, probably 50% of times that I have been delayed or I've been just pretty, stranded in Juno. Pretty lucky. So, I mean, I've only been back twice, but the one time a few, like three weeks ago, I was going to come back and the plane was delayed for an hour and then it was a mechanical and then it was something else. And then we had to come back to the gate and then I, and then they had to get apart and it was, it was like eight hours, and then they canceled the flight. Or you're on that last flight up that's the milk run, right? And so it's coming to Ketchikan and then yeah. Sitka and then Juno. and by the time it gets to you, it's four hours delayed. I, that's always fun. I usually fly out from Juno to Anchorage on the milk run because it's you can always get like 7,500 miles, mm. which is better than you know 12,500 or 15,000 miles. Oh, you can get them cheaper, yeah. You get them cheaper. But going back, I always go on Sunday night, the, the, the 1015 or 10.45 flight, which, which one is always cheap miles. Two, it's always empty. I'm surprised that that one's not full of all the legislators with it's, the kids. There's some legislators on it, but it's like 1040. It's like the last one. So I think people are on the seven, the, the, you know, there's one at like 530 or something. There's like a 730. Right. So because the 1040 lands at like, you know, 1230 a.m. Yeah, those are some high profile flights. You got to really hope the pilot knows what he's doing. I always wonder, um, this is like a morbid thing, but some of the pl- times you're flying in there and you're like, there's like seven or eight or nine legislators, <laughs> like, like commissioners, maybe the governor. You're like, dang, if we go down, like, that's pretty bad. They should have a rule. I'll bet there is one, that there can't be more than a number of legislators on a plane at I, a given time. What would I, we do? I bet you there's not a rule, but there, yeah, because, I mean, some of those flights, when they want to get out, something happening in Anchorage, like, today was Anchorage Caucus. Right. So people were trying to get out yesterday, and um, I've been on flights where I've counted, like, maybe eight or nine legislators and maybe a few commissioners, which, I mean, that's just kind of, you think about it. Like, like the, what's it called? The, uh. Designated survivor. Designated survivor for kind Alaska, of, for Alaska's government. Do kind we, of different. Do we know who that is? I don't Which know. Which commissioner is our designated survivor? Yeah, we, we should we should look at all. Well, actually, we have the. It's called the uh, successor to lieutenant governor. Oh yeah. You know who that is right now? Who? Michael Johnson. Oh. The education right. commissioner. All right. So, I was hoping it would be Chewy. It's not it's Chewy. Chewy. No, it's not Chewy. I was hoping it was not Chewy. Oh my gosh. I, I just love anybody named Chewy. Pe- people always uh, give me shit for calling her Chewy. I'm like, wait a minute. She said in the confirmation rings, it's like, my name's like Chewbacca, pronounced like the Star Wars character, Chewbacca. I have no idea how else you would pronounce that name. She, she said that in the yeah. confirmation hearing. Yeah. So whenever people give me shit for calling her Chewy, I'm like, wait a minute, she she brought it up. Uh, Chewbacca's just a great name. I wish I was named Chewbacca. That, that's an awesome name. Yeah. Actually, the guy she married is, and again, she's said this before, he's um, the son of a print of a king from the Congo. I didn't know that. He's like a legitimate... Um, Prince. Well, that's even more baller. They, they met in D.C., I guess, in school. Yeah. That's, that, that was a story. Uh, my husband and I met in D.C. too. So Really? Yeah. Is he a prince? Uh, he's mine. He's your, oh, good. You're quick. <laughs> I like that. So let's go back a little bit. Um, I met you years ago, but I didn't realize, I think my friend Allison told me, or at some point I, I realized you were, you were a Sullivan. 
uh, that is my maiden name. Form- yes. Formerly a Sullivan. <laughs> the, yes, the uh, the Gallagher, formerly known as Sullivan. So you're you're Tim Sullivan's sister, who, by the way, I've done a podcast with Tim Sullivan. Yes, with Tim Sullivan Jr., but I am also Tim Sullivan Sr.'s daughter. Lots of Tims in my family. And, and because of this whole age and this Irish, Irish Catholic thing, <laughs> Casey Sullivan, who Tim went to school with, is your uncle. Right, so my uncle Casey and my brother Tim are the same age. My brother was 16 when I was born. We're all pretty spread apart, and uh, and so he and Casey are the same age. And uh, uh, Casey is uh, obviously my my uncle Casey just turned 50. Happy birthday, Casey! Really, he's and, 50? Yeah, I don't believe that. Right, yeah, he look, doesn't he look, look 50. He's, he's, he kind of gives me like a 40 vibe. Yeah, he's got a nice like low 40s vibe. It's all the ultimate frisbee. He's also just kind of a cool like you have a beer with him at like a state chamber RDCs. Cool dude. T- telling stories, yeah. kind of somebody you want to chat with. You should have him on for a podcast. I'm, I'm working on that, believe me. <laughs> but I, I'm, I've also had one with Colleen Sullivan Leonard, your aunt. Yeah, you're working your way down the list of Sullivans here. It's, it's a long list. It's a long list. Very long list. You gotta, you're going to have to memorize the family tree at some point. It's complicated and so, long. So George Mayer was your grand, grandpa. It was my grandfather, yeah. And then you got, how many, how many brothers, how many kids do they have? Seven or eight? or Nine. My dad's the oldest of nine. Wow. Yeah. Quite a clan. Yeah, and that's why that distance, my dad is the oldest and, and Casey's the youngest. So. Colleen Sullivan Leonard told me about on the podcast, we did it last session, that she, how she met her husband and a blind date who was meant for her friend, yeah. her coworker or something. Because <laughs> awesome, I, I told her a story about, I had done a podcast with Greyer Hopkins like pre, prior, and he, he met his now wife on Tinder. Oh, a modern of, love story. I had to kind of explain to her what Tinder, how that worked on the podcast. <laughs> and then, and then she told me her, kind of blind date one yeah uh i was young when that happened but uh, i remember that story it's pretty funny so okay so you have this political background um i want to talk about a lot of things specifically the one thing we're going to talk about is um this proposition to fix or kind of resolve the single member assembly district right that's right proposition 12 12 okay first i want to just say these roads um I'm not sure if you've noticed the plowing situation here is not good. It's been really not impressive this winter. I uh, especially this last week with all the snow we've had, I've noticed it's been slow to get plowed out where I live, and even a lot of the main roads not not very well plowed. So. I literally almost just got. You saw me almost get stuck on this. We're on Spinard here, and there's a side road. We're on 3400 Spinard, and that road has not been touched. And I, my little Camry almost got stuck. Yeah. And where I live, the the roads are just have not been touched. I just got back. Um, last night, yesterday, I know it snowed, but I moved here in 04. You're, you're born and raised here? Yeah. It's funny how Tim's not born and raised here. He's, he's born he spent, you know, six weeks of his life living in Oregon before he, we, we spoke about that, but you, you've been here your whole life. I moved here in 04. I, I really never recall a plowing, snow plowing problem until I can't say for sure, but it seems like the last three or maybe three or four years. I don't know. It just seems like for sure in the last couple of years, it's, it's been this problem where we've had a big snowstorm and we live in an Arctic, you know, Sub-Arctic. you'd think we'd have like, okay, we, we live in like a Northern place with right. snow. You'd think that'd be like, okay, we, we should deal with snow plowing. Yeah. I don't remember it being uh, quite as difficult when I was growing up. Although when you're little, you're probably not paying as much attention. And of course, if the roads are poorly plowed, it's uh, a win for you as a kid because it's a snow day if the buses can't get through. So I think maybe as a kid, I was always hoping that mm-hmm. the roads wouldn't get plowed out and they always did. Uh, snow days were so see, rare. See, I grew up then. in New Mexico in Albuquerque. Yeah. And if we got snow, it snowed there, it's 5,000 feet, but it was always, it'd be gone in like, you know, three or four days it would melt. But if we ever got two, three, four inches, they'd cancel school shut everything down and i remember being a kid watching 
the news and they'd have a little ticker and you know <laughs> schools that are closed and like praying come on come on oh come just on. fingers crossed everything crossed i really got to have a snow day tomorrow sometimes it's like it's like midnight you're still up and then you wake up at like six seven a.m you're like and it's like you see it you're like boom canceled yeah i gotta be honest when i lived in dc i worked for the federal government and the uh snow days were pretty frequent in dc just because any kind of bad weather situation just shuts the city down but i'd stay up until 11 o'clock midnight to wait for that email what, that comes in through what are the alaskans are saying when they're closing closing stuff in i DC? mean we always roll our eyes but you want it still you still want that what snow did, day. What did you do in D.C.? I worked for the Treasury Department. Uh, oh, the money. Yeah, that's exactly right. I worked on um, in the Office of Capital Markets, working on financial regulatory policy and mostly access to capital for small businesses after the recession. So Probably a Bernie Sanders joke there. Uh, well, if he was president, would there be a cap, you know capital market? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a stretch of a joke. I just was going. I just said, you know what? You know. You're like I am determined to make a Bernie Sanders <laughs> joke right now. So whatever I get, I'm going to do it. By the way, um, <laughs> as was as of this recording, he is dominating in Nevada. Oh, is that right? Uh, oh, last I, I, I checked, didn't even me, check today. Let me pull it up here. So, so, tell me a little bit more about this. I didn't know you worked at the Treasury. When was that? I worked at the Treasury Department from 2013 to uh, 2016 when I moved back to Alaska. Were you like? Um, an economist, uh, or what, what's your finance? You know, the secretary. You, you wouldn't have known and recognized my name back then. Did, but did you like go to school and then get the job? or? That was uh, after graduate school. I have a master's degree in finance, and so afterwards I went to treasury and worked on, um, uh, like I said, uh, helping small businesses get loans and uh, capital access through treasury. So here in Anchorage, we have the 49th State Angel Fund. I've heard of that, yeah. That's actually a treasury department program. Oh, yeah. It was like a $13 million or $15 million, right? Yeah. So there are actually 71 of those across the country in different municipalities and states, and those were seated. That, that money was seeded by the Treasury Department for local folks to, to kind of run their own little venture capital funds mm -hmm. for businesses that are ready for that capital. Trying so to I think of the, because we were doing, we were talking with them at one point a little bit about our TV show idea. What's your TV show idea? I remember that it was like a legis legislature kind of reality docuseries <laughs> thing. We, we, had, we had like the cap, uh, one million cups deal. We pitched to him a while back, but were you going to make it like the Hunger Games? Because I'd I'd buy into that. Um, basically, just kind of go to Juno and just record, like what happens in kind of like a reality, like a reality I mean, show. Doc, docu series. I mean, it'd, it'd be showing all the really how things happen there because it's so crazy. And you wouldn't even have to and like the, create the, fake the, drama. The, the characters are already everything's there. Yeah, it just requires you know money to to make it. But I'm trying to think of I can't think of her name all of a sudden. She's with, I think with the municipality. She runs that angel fund, or she's really involved. She's from New Mexico, Baca. Something Baca. Maybe Aaron Baca. Aaron Baca. Aaron yeah. Baca, yes. So yeah. she I know she's involved with that. I think that's kind of her, her job. There's a, a number of people working on that in the and a pretty large board as well. And it's a good program because the idea is to identify small businesses in Anchorage that are that are really have a good good idea and are ready for growth, but they just need that injection of capital in order to grow. So um, that's a that's an excellent program. And there's you know there's dozens of them across the country. So it was one of the better things I think Treasury was doing um, uh -huh. and still does is to to try and get money to the small businesses that really need it that maybe aren't able to get a traditional bank loan because they're too small or haven't been around long enough. I'm just going to go back to this with 11% reporting, so it's pretty low, but 11% reporting, Bernie Sanders has almost 50%. Joe Biden's in second wow. with 23%. Look at that. Wow, yeah. Old Bernard, old Bernard is dominating. Bernard. Um, so Looks like Mike Bloomberg is not... Uh, wow, old Mikey B, yeah. You see that Elizabeth? You see the Elizabeth Warren absolute savage takedown of him? I heard about it. I didn't I watched see it. it like four... I was like, wow, I... That was, it was whew, something else. You got to watch it. It was, 
very pointed. Maybe. She was, and she was on the stage right next to him. Oh, oh, I just, didn't realize that. Like, yeah. Eviscerating him. Yeah. It was something else. Uh, so, how'd you meet the husband in DC or no? Yeah, I met him in DC. Actually, I met him uh, standing on a metro platform. Oh my yes, I love these kind of stories. Yeah. You, your family, your Colleen, and you, you guys have these stories. Uh, I guess we do. What yeah. did t- Tim? Did he told me his. I think he told me his. How did he meet his wife? Uh, Timmy and Terrell met uh, school, in, maybe. in college. Well, they both went to high school up here, and they knew each other, and they started dating in college. They were both in uh, Eastern Washington for college. So, so you're on this platform. What you you waiting for the metro to come by? Yeah, so I was waiting for a metro to come, and he got off a metro coming the other direction. He didn't save you. Like you almost fell. He didn't like pull you back. No, no. That and cool. uh, and the actually the best part of this story is that I never took the metro. I hated the metro. I lived three blocks from work, so I could walk to work and never have to take the metro. This was like a one time I was visiting a friend from Alaska, actually, who lived in Arlington, and went to uh, brunch with her, and I was on my way back, and he was getting off the train while I was waiting for mine to come, and of course, it's the metro in D.C., it's like 15 minutes between trains on the weekend, and he was just sort of stopped there and was looking at me, and I was... Like creeping on you? Well, it sort of felt like that, but I thought he was really cute, so, you know, it's not creepy when he's cute. I was going to say, it's not creepy if if you like it or if he's cute, or (laughs) vice versa, it's not creepy, it's just... uh... It's more admiration. It's just a meat cute. So, yeah. uh, so anyway, he was kind of standing there, and I. What'd you say? A meat cute. A meat cute. I've yeah. heard of that. What is that? that's a term, isn't it? It means when you just meet randomly in a in a meet cute public location, and it's just a cute way of meeting a person. I've had a lot of those, but I think she wouldn't like reciprocate that. Like I would say that, but she would say. Uh, yeah, I think a meat cute has to be it has to be reciprocal. Okay, so I both have to feel that. Maybe way. just creeping a lot. <laughs> you? Jennifer? I'm not saying that. I'm not. Somebody else might say that. Someone else might, yeah. Under other circumstances, maybe I would have felt that way. But no, I, I said, you know, hey, do I know you? And we started chatting. You said that. And yeah, I did. You initiated. Yeah. He was kind of given. Well, he was kind of looking at me and try, I think he was trying to figure out if he knew me. And so I, I said, you know, can I help you? Do I know you? And we started talking and then my train came and then we, uh, yeah, I mean, th- lots more happened. Was it like, like a number exchange or? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So when was that? Uh, that was in the fall of 2014. So what was he doing there? Uh, he worked for a consulting firm. Wow. And then you got, so dating started and then you got, somebody said we're going to get married or we uh, I decided to move back to Alaska. Actually, we'd been together for about uh, six months and I decided to move back to Alaska and uh, asked him how he felt about that. And I had a, an opportunity to come back and he said, that sounds like a great adventure. And he proposed. Where was he from? Uh, New York. Wow, so that's a big, big change. Yeah, is he like a New York City guy or a Long Island? He's a Yankees fan. Does he does he talk like a New, like a New Yorker? Like, hey, I can't even do it. Uh, he does not have a, a Long Island accent, but he's a he's the oldest of five, and all of his siblings have great Long Island accents. So do you go back for like a Thanksgiving sometimes? Yeah, or? we go back for for holidays. Oh my gosh, is it like like kind of one of those te- like reality show New York? situations with loud family and stereotypical kind of loud <laughs> well i wouldn't say it's a reality show but uh but his mom's one of 10 um in her family and so the their aunts and uncles and cousins it's you know another you know so, big irish italian catholic so family you, you can relate to their family oh absolutely yeah it's not yeah. like it's not like it's not like if you you know married a guy with like one sister, one brother, and quiet. So, it's so we have very similar families okay. in that respect. Loud and wild, and there's a whole bunch of us, and there's always a baby, right? Oh, somebody always has a new baby, and children running around, and it's... Uh, it's like Goodfellas. I, you know, I've actually never seen Goodfellas, oh, but wow. I'm not sure I want to put my family in that No, category. but I'm just saying, like, besides the crime part, they have, like, f- like family parties and kids, and... Yeah, you know, you know. Lot, that food very, and Italian. Very Catholic... Uh, <laughs> 
Italian Irish uh, heritage. Uh, yeah, big families are fun. They're a lot of fun. See, I just have one sister, so not a big family. But I like I have a lot of friends with big families, and it's it's always you can kind of make your own family too. It depends on. I moved to Alaska in '04 with no friends or no. My, I mean, a buddy moved here, so now. Well, and look at you now. You've just been nominated as one of the bottom forty under forty. I, in I the was. Whole state. Um, I, I I did. I I really much covet that nomination. I um, I was. Uh, I got to say, I was impressed when I saw that uh, Paxson himself nominated. Yeah, you. no, that it's was pretty a big it's deal. Pretty loose when a member of Landmine nominates me for bottom forty through the bottom forty at Alaska Landmine email address. Not to mention, some of those allegations were that, that was intense. Well, it's just. I mean, I. I say my theory on this stuff is like, I'm, I'm a little out there. I acknowledge that uh, if, if any, my friend at Bryce has this theory, if, if any politician or any person were to kind of do or say one of the things I might do in any given day, it could be like maybe almost a scandal. Right. <laughs> but with me, there's so much material. It's just, it's just so much content that, that any additional thing is almost just inoculated by the fact that there's so much more out there. True. So it's kind of like a, it's like an inoculation. Are you familiar with what's called the Overton window? I'm not, but I want to learn about it. All right. The Overton window refers to what is considered acceptable in public discourse. And in any culture or community, your Overton window is, is limited, right? There's things that you can say, and there's things that if you said them would be so radical that somebody would call you crazy. They would excommunicate you. They would never listen to you again. But you expand the Overton window when you say radical things or say things that are just beyond I'm, the window. I would say I've definitely... Sp- Spoken outside of the window. I think you have expanded the Overton window in Alaska because you say things that, that, you know, used to be very much taboo. And as you expand that Overton window, things that used to be considered radical, you know, you look back five years ago, what might have been considered radical, we now say, oh, well, I hear that all the time. That's not that's I have not friends now who say they um, go on vacation and they, and they brought a Speedo. <laughs> I've heard that. You know, I saw you driving around a couple of weeks ago, and I saw your license plate first. And, uh, and for listeners who don't know, your license plate is, is Speedo. And I saw that. And the first thing I thought is, oh man, I'll bet Jeff Landfield is pissed that he didn't get that license plate. Ooh, so you didn't realize it was me. <laughs> and then I looked up and I saw it was you. No, and so, I was so, glad. I was glad nobody stole that from I, you. I also subscribe to the theory of if you just own something, then people cannot use it against you. Because cause then they go, fuck, like he actually like he, he like. He's not embarrassed by that. that. What, we, we can't, what, what's, he likes that. You can't really make fun of someone for something they're not embarrassed by. It doesn't like, work. Like you saw the uh, t- bottom 40 nomination, which, folks, you should you should go. Let me just read it. <laughs> I have a screenshot. It was epic. It was great. This is an actual email that I got to the bottom 40 email. This is unsolicited. From I a member of your staff. Yes, from, from a co- co-owner. Co-owner. So this is unsolicited. I just was checking the box. And uh, subject, bottom 40 nomination. I hereby nominate. Alaska Landmine Editor-in-Chief Jeff Landfield. Among other things, Jeff incorrectly insinuated that Donald Trump Jr. got special treatment with Alaska hunting permits. Oof. Reported erroneously that Alaska state ferries had been ransacked. Oh. Praised a rogue web developer for mistakenly defacing a client's site. Yeah, I remember that. And is on record with numerous other loose statements that are familiar to most Alaska residents. Many, many. He also roasted himself while wearing a top hat to raise money for his (laughs) blog, The Alaska Landmine, and may have leaked his own sex tape. Very loose. (laughs) Sincerely, Paxson Welber, creative director of the Alaska Landmine. Are, are the criteria for the bottom 40 that this person has to be very loose? No. No, I mean, if you've, have you read our bottom 40? Uh, oh, yeah. Ba- ba- yeah. Basically, it's um, obviously it's a bit of a parody, but, I mean, there's this top 40. Are you top 40? No. Okay. Do you want to be a bottom? We'll put you on there. We're, we're very... Well, I can't tell yet. Is it a compliment or is it an insult? It's, well, it's it's um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Basically, it's... it's 
Oh, I'll be there. I'll be at Eddie's Sports Bar. Oh, yeah. So it. April 17th is we're going to, you know, I say meet us at 7 p.m. at Eddie's Sports Bar to get shit-faced. And <laughs> April 17th is also the top 40. Um, oh, I didn't realize their, you're competing. Yeah. Well, I would say competing. I'd say almost maybe mocking a little bit. Because here's the thing. A lot of people get that who are very deserving. And then some people get it who are kind of puzzling. And I don't know the criteria. I'm not really sure. I mean, I know a lot of people, I'll just be completely honest while we're talking about it. I was nominated a couple of years ago by some friends and I didn't really, it was like, I didn't feel like I did much, but then this last year, a lot of people got together on their own friends of mine and asked for my resume and they wanted to, so people put a lot of, and I feel like I'm probably, I've done a lot of nonprofit work and volunteer work. And, you know, I feel like I've maybe kind of not to brag, but I thought I was going to get it and didn't get it. So then I was like, fuck it, we're going to start our own, our own, our own award, the bottom 40. Well, I think it would be really hard for certainly I would have a hard time thinking of someone under 40 who's been more influential than you have been in the last few years. So what it tells you is that it's a it's a political process, as all processes are. But there's if a, I were you, a committee. If, yeah, if I were you, I would I would own this as a badge of honor, like the way, you know, Tolstoy never got a Nobel Prize in literature because it was just so political and they hated him. But it the, wasn't the, because he wasn't the best the, damn writer at the time. So I think that you should just own it. That's why, that's why, well, that's you're why. The, you're the Tolstoy. So somebody was like, maybe you'll get bottom 40 or top 40 next time. And I said, ah, nope, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen now. <laughs> so it's, it's. I it's, think you took a bit of a scorched earth policy there. It's, it's actually, um, we have, we've gotten so many, nom- like one person nominated, they say, I'm gonna, I nominate my husband because he's worthless freaking a funny one but then there's, then there's other ones like one was clark penny um no explanation. Did he nominate himself no it was an email from somebody that said oh. i nominate clark penny no explanation needed we've gotten several emails and then we have uh you know some kind of obvious ones but we're doing it as kind of a it's fun it's it's going to be i think i think some people are going to be happy to get it yeah I, I like the idea of it being fun i think it should be it's, i think it should be something people are proud of getting yeah it's not there. like it's not like we're, we're not going to Go after the worst of the worst, and yeah. kind of, it's not going to be a not to make people feel bad. No, no, it's going to be. We got we already we already got some. At first, I was kind of like, man, are we going to be able to get forty people? And now I'm like, shit, we. <laughs> how are we going to get down to forty? Well, maybe that's how the top forty people feel is they just get so many nominations and and they just say, well, maybe next year we'll do. I, I know people, Tolstoy will get the Nobel Prize next year. I know people that have been on the committee or that have been involved in it, and and I mean inherently, it's a like you said, a political type process. So so sometimes you'll have a person who's connected and they will have a lot of their friends and connected influential friends nominate. So they probably weight that a little bit like, Oh, this person has a, B and C and D. Wow. That's pretty. And then somebody else maybe who's not connected, but has done amazing things who no one even knows about. They probably never even get nominated. It could, could very well be. It's, it's, uh, you know, all the, all States do this and different communities do it. And it just, it's always its own process with politics and, nuances someone told me that um some states now uh to be more this is real to be more inclusive they've they've taken out top because that's kind of like oh we don't want to put other people above other people which i think is kind of like yeah ridiculous (laughs) top 40 right you want to honor people who have done something worthwhile anyways let's move on from that um if you want to nominate yourself please as a bottom 40? Yeah, yeah, maybe I will. You're welcome. This to sounds like a lot of fun. Is there like a little plastic trophy comes along with we're, it too? We're going to do something. Um, Great. Maybe a mug. I don't know. Something not very expensive. Something really distasteful. I think top 40 gets a plaque. Kind of a glass type, you know, a little expensive. We'll have something, I promise. Um, now let's go back to why we're actually here, which is uh, it's been 23 minutes and an awesome. Wait, real quick before that. You said you named 
What Tim named you? My brother Tim. Yeah, he, he he's the reason why I am named Moira. Because that's a unique name. It is Moira. There, there are a couple of us running around in Anchorage. There's another Moira here, isn't there? Yeah, there's a couple. Um, but uh, uh, most places I go, people people have never heard of it before. So when I was born, my parents were absolutely certain I was going to be a boy, and the ultrasounds were inconclusive, and they just they were confident they were going to have a boy, and so they had a boy's name all picked out. And then surprise, it was a girl, and they and they couldn't agree. My mom wanted to name me Bridget. What was the boy's name? Uh, if I was a boy, I was going to be named Murphy John. Murphy John Sullivan. That's sounds like a criminal. Yeah, probably, like, I, like I probably would have been, yeah. Like an Irish hood. You know? uh, definitely an Irish gangster name. I probably dodged a bullet there. So my mom wanted to name me Bridget as a girl, and my dad wanted to name me Function. Function? Yeah. It's, like Function? It's spelled like luncheon, but with an F. Is that a, like a made-up name? Uh, no, it's the name of a river in Ireland, but it's it's pretty obscure. And uh, it's kind of an old family name, like going back many generations. Function Sullivan. That sounds very um, kind of 18th century. Yeah, I think my nickname would have been Funny, which is also unfortunate. So this uh, this argument continued on for six weeks. I didn't have a name that whole time. They just were... Hey, you. The, the baby. They just would say, you know, the baby's hungry. Hey, the baby. baby needs diaper change. Get the baby. But my brother, who was 16, my brother Tim, uh, was a really big fan of the X-Men comic books. And he loved the character Moira McTaggart. And this whole time, he was lobbying to name me Moira. And I think he finally just wore my parents down. And they said, well, we can't agree. So, so we're going to pick Moira. He's 16 years older than you? Yeah. So while you were... He was like... In, Going into junior or senior year in high school. That was his junior year was, of well, high school. Well, yeah. Look, a baby. Yeah, well, then there's four of us. So he was 16, my brother was 10, my sister was a three, and then I was a newborn. So it was a, was a, it's a big brood. range. Yeah. A big range. A big range. Yeah, my parents on one hand are prepping one kid for the SAT and, you know, up all night with another one changing diapers. So, wow. I've got a, I've got a friend with, um, you know, a guy with, uh, it's like they have like 19 kids, same parents. That's a lot of kids. Isn't that like not like? I have one kid, and one is a lot. How old's your kid? He will be two in April. Oh, so two. just kind of going through the what are they terrible twos? He's a, he's got a little bit of attitude, but he's mostly a really sweet kid. He's been good so far. We'll see what happens after after he hits the two year mark. I heard Allison, who you know, she has yeah. two kids, and one's yeah. uh, I think three, and uh, and the baby. I go over there to you know play a little bit, and I'm Uncle Jeff, yeah. Uncle Jeff, and then I'll play the ball, roll the ball, or something, and then I'll. I'll say like, God damn, this is like, I gotta go. It's two. She's like, it's been two hours. I'm like, how do you deal? Like, how do you deal with? One time I was at a party, like a birthday party for my friend's kids. They had two kids. They were young, so there was twenty kids there, right? And I was chasing the kids around, playing monster, and they were like having a great time. And so then I was, I was, and they were like, well, mommy doesn't play, you know, daddy doesn't do that. And so then I was leaving, and I told them, I said, hey, you should, you know, play, play, maybe play monster with the kids more. And she goes. Hey, 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 how about you fucking come over here not for two hours or three hours, huh? How, how about, about, how about you, you spend a all week day. here, huh? And then tell me to, that shit. She was like really angry, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's probably a fair point. It's fun to be uh, to be fun uncle who comes over for an hour and, and gets kids all riled up, but yeah. And then leaves, and they're st- they want to keep playing. And they want to keep playing, yeah. All right, so let's go into why, why you're actually here, um, which actually interesting for me because I was talking about this a couple days ago with somebody. So we have 11 assembly members. Yes. In five districts, six, six, di- districts. six districts. One of those downtown only has one member. The other five have two members. That's right. 
And there's some history there, right? Yes. Back in 1975, when we unified, so when the, the municipality of Anchorage was created, we created a charter, and that charter has a really weird quirk in it, which is that we would have these five assembly districts that are all equal, and then a sixth district that's half the population and that has half as much representation. So the, the first five districts would get two representatives on the assembly, and the last district would get one. And the original idea there uh, seems to have been that they wanted to have an odd number on the assembly. So for like, for ties or... So that there'd be fewer fewer tie votes. Um, although, of course, the Alaska... Pe- pe- people, people like miss meetings sometimes too, you know? Sure. And, you know, there are even number representatives all over the place. The state house has 40, the state senate has 20. It's, mm-hmm. This is a problem that is manageable. Um, but there seemed to have been an interest in having an odd number. And so the idea was that this single member district would rotate around town. And at first it did. So the first single member district was Eagle River. So I've, I've heard that and then it went to that when, when did it go to downtown in 1985 so 10 years later yeah um so during the next redistricting process it moved to downtown and that was 35 years ago it's been in downtown ever since and of course every 10 years when we get new census data we reapportion the districts and the district boundaries always change so it hasn't always been Right now we call it District 1, but it hasn't always been District 1. It's always been the area that roughly covers downtown, Mountain View, uh, Fairview, Government Hill, and South Edition. Which which is, if you think about it, um, so much happens downtown, whether it's, you know, kind of, it's a business uh, center for a lot of stuff. There's the homelessness problem. There's, you know, it's where people go to do a lot of things. I mean... There's so much happening there. Well, yeah, downtown has is unique and it has unique challenges. It's where a little over 40% of Anchorage's workforce works. Um, it's also where over 40% of Anchorage's property taxes are, are paid. Um, and so uh, commercial property taxes. So um, to, to be sort of shunted and get just one representative has been... I, I would say it's really been a disaster for downtown. Uh, and, and consequently, there are a lot of issues with downtown where when you only have one representative and, and all of these issues going on, that representative is swamped. No matter who it is, that representative is swamped. So the current system is proportional, right? The, that the District 1 is half the population of the other districts. Uh, but it's not equal because in District 1, you have one person that you can call on. You have one person who can advocate for you on issues. Everybody else gets two. And, and, that, and what if you're like, I hate Chris Constant. I don't hate him. I like him. But, but if, if, you if do, someone doesn't like him, you might just not like your doesn't representative. Want, doesn't, want to, doesn't want to deal with him. Your representative might have a conflict of interest on an issue. Your representative might be sick or just, you know, out of town for a family he, he emergency. Might be, he might be floating around Campbell Lake with some with some some some, some real loose some, some real loose units. People, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, but you don't know. And so everybody else has this opportunity to interact with two representatives. And so if you don't like one, you can work with the other. Or was, if one isn't around, you can work with the I other. I was president of my community council for years, Taco Campbell, and we always had at the time for many years it was Dick Train, Elvin Gray Jackson. They both came. They were always there. Um, once in a while somebody couldn't make bank it, so one would always be there. Um, and you know, both very accessible, but also both had different things they could kind of focus on or maybe if it's one issue, talk to Dick. If it's another issue, talk to LV. Right. And, um, right. They could split up the issues. And it's not as though if you're living in District 1, you're not subject you're, or your representative isn't subject to the same issues, right? The budget, roads, schools, all of those things, they still have all those responsibilities, but there's only one of them to do it. I'm the president of my community council in South Edition. And uh, and our assembly representative, Chris Constant, comes to every single meeting. But there are multiple meetings of community councils on the same night. So yep. if you only have one person. That person is running around like crazy. A lot of times they're on a Thursday. They're always on the Thursday, yep. second or third Thursdays. And and that's a real problem 
as a, a community council person or, I mean, just as a regular citizen, because getting access to your assembly representative, if they're trying to get to three different community council meetings the same night, uh, or it's the same night as some town hall on public safety or whatever it might be, you've only got that one person. You only have that one option. So um, proportional in this case isn't isn't fair. So why do you think, I mean, do you know why or... Why do you think, why hasn't it moved in 35 years? It's been up for discussion a number of times. Uh, the The problem is nobody wants the single member district to be theirs. So, so it was talked about, but it wasn't like codified to where it has to move. Correct. And in fact, there's very little, we've looked through a lot of transcripts and listened to the, the tapes of when the charter was being created. And there's no, no real conversation about, oh, this will move every 10 years or or something like that. It, it seems to be maybe even an urban legend that it was supposed to rotate. Um, but it, it did rotate but, once. But it did rotate once. So we know that there was some intent there. But afterwards, you can imagine, if you're the representatives for Midtown or Eastside or Hillside, and you have the opportunity to you know, reduce the number of assembly members by half, you're not going to take that opportunity. Did, did you go back in the 80, 80s and figure out why they moved it to downtown? Uh, they They... Honestly, I think it was an attempt to be random and just move to the next district. There doesn't seem to be uh, a lot of uh, a lot of clear intent there or, or deliberate intent. But I will say that in 1986, after that happened, there was a lawsuit because uh, Mountain View, Fairview, and Government Hill are extraordinarily diverse parts of town. In fact, District 1 currently is the only majority minority district. And when that district became the single member district, there was a, a an ACLU lawsuit alleging that this was discriminatory against minorities in Anchorage by saying, well, we're going to take this, this minority district and we're going to have them only have one assembly member. Um, that made a lot of people yeah, of color feel the like folks they folks on the hillside are probably thinking like we're gonna have we're gonna go ahead and have two we'd like two thank you i don't know what the thought process was but there was a lawsuit and they ended up redrawing some of the lines after that to make it a little bit less obviously discriminatory mm -hmm. so so what is this and I, i'll be honest i haven't read it I, I know the kind of the intent of it does it um it wouldn't add another one to the existing one because it's so small does it re Draw the lines, or what does it do exactly? Yeah, Proposition 12 creates six equal districts by population, and each would have two assembly members. It's very simple. It's very common sense. This is this is really how it should have been from the beginning. There shouldn't be this one weird sort of unwanted stepchild of a district that's half the size of the <laughs> others. Oh, downtown, fuck them. You can <laughs> and, say whatever you want on and my radio, by the way. It doesn't matter if it's downtown. The problem is it could rotate. So... Um, there's a census this year, of course, 2020, and that means that reapportionment and redistricting will happen in 2022. The assembly does this every 10 years. They'll have to redraw the district lines based on population. They do it at the same time that the state does it? They do it a little bit after the okay, state does it. Yeah, the state, the new districts will, this, this election 2020 is going to be the current ones, and then 2022 there's going to be new districts. Right. For the state legislative right. races. So there's a there's kind of a um, waterfall effect. And um, so the state has to do their redistricting, but then the, the municipality will do theirs. And at that time, the district boundaries will change. We're saying when we do that, um, you know, under the current system, the assembly would have to decide, well, where are we going to rotate the single member district to? And if you look around right now, there's a super majority of liberals on the assembly. So they could very easily say, well, you know what? We're going to move it to Eagle River. Eagle River. Bye, bye yeah. Felicia. There are two conservative votes coming out of Eagle River. So we're just going to take one of them away and we're going to make Eagle River the, the district. And Which would be unfair to, you know... That would Especially be really now, unfair. Conservatives. It would be really unfair to conservatives. It would be unfair to, to Eagle River residents. Um, they could do it to Hillside, right? I mean, the it takes six members of the assembly to move a, the single member district. So. so has any, I mean, I haven't heard just from you, but I mean, I haven't heard much about this as far as 
promotion or opposition? Is there any, is it kind of, is there going to be a campaign or is there going to be some movement to, or I guess campaign to, to inform the voters about this? Because I think most people haven't, if I haven't heard about, about it, I think most people haven't probably I've heard about it just through you. Right. And that's why I'm here today. And, and uh, many of the other folks volunteering on the campaign are trying to make the circuit. And we're raising money and trying to raise educational awareness just through mailers and digital advertising, stuff like that. This is not going to be a big money campaign because it's just not one of those. I actually know a, web, I know a website you could advertise on. It reaches a lot of folks. Oh, interesting. Yeah, interesting. Pretty, pretty yeah. good. Pretty, I, uh, pretty good readership. Pretty, pretty high quality readers. I didn't realize you had any connection with uh, with web. That's interesting. Yeah, I could um, <laughs> talk to you about that later. Yeah, maybe we could take that offline. Uh, so. So uh, we are trying to get that message out there. I'm not aware of any organized opposition to this. Honestly, it's it's so common sense. Um, you know, there is a substantial portion of Anchorage voters who are being disenfranchised right now by a system that was created for foolish reasons. They wanted an, an odd number to avoid tie votes. Um, tie votes still happen. It happens when an assembly member is sick. And under mm-hmm. Robert's rules, a tie vote is, uh, it, the motion doesn't pass. It's really cut and dried. So if you have 12 assembly members and you have a 6-6 vote, then Robert's rules is very clear. You needed a majority to pass. That motion will fail. And um, and that, that's already how it works for the assembly. So What if it was 6-5 and somebody was gone? Would it pass? It would pass. Because in the legislature, on like amendments and certain motions, procedural things, a majority passes. But on actual, um, like a bill to pass, you need 11 in the Senate or, 20, right. or 21 in the House. So if three people are gone, and like on the budget, for example, if you don't have 21, it doesn't pass. So there's certain things where... You have to have the majority of the body. Right. And that would be still be the case for the assembly because certain issues are just that important. Mm-hmm. But if you, you know, regular motion, regular ordinance is on the table and one person is absent, then a six to five so, vote carries. So th- this thing uh, changes the charter. Or what does this what does this do if it passes? It has to be a charter amendment because the way the assembly is is structured is a charter issue. You can't change that outside of the charter. So yes, it's a charter amendment. Um, and it's it's really simple language. If you you know look at the actual proposition, it's like three sentences. It's just scratching the part that says five equal districts and one half district and making it say six equal districts with two representatives each. Mm, yeah, it seems pretty straightforward. It, I, the reason I asked about opposition is it seems like oftentimes when you try to do something new, whether it's this new vote, voting proposition on the state level, the election initiative or um, this MLP, for example, you know, oftentimes conservatives would be the ones who are against that and they don't want to change things. They think, oh, there's some hidden agenda. In this case, uh, it would definitely very likely benefit conservatives by avoiding Eagle River having that um, one district. So I'm I'm wondering if anybody's going to oppose it or if it's just going to kind of be one of those things where I see think, what happens when people get to the ballot box. I think with the right uh, level of awareness and education, you know, we're just trying to help people understand the issue because generally, uh, and I wouldn't say just people who identify as conservative, but but most people have a knee-jerk reaction against change. It's a lot easier to vote no for something and, and continue the status quo if you don't understand my dad, the issue. Growing up, my dad used to always tell me, he was very 70, 77, now he's very conservative, Navy, 25 years, you know, fought in Vietnam. He'd, he'd always say, you know, what the difference between a conservative and a liberal is, and I'd say, I don't know what, and he's like, conservatives don't like change you don't change unless you have to like stuck with me it's like how i mean makes a lot of sense for why people are opposed to certain things when maybe they don't even know what it is well exactly if you're not if you don't understand the issue very well it's very easy to say you know what i don't i don't know what this would do so i'm gonna say no and that's why we're trying to get out there to explain you know wherever you are on the political spectrum this isn't a partisan issue but certainly if you are a conservative voter in anchorage 
not changing this has the potential to really hurt you because if you're living in a, a more conservative area, Eagle River, Hillside, South Anchorage, the single member district could be coming your way. Would they maybe say on the other end, wait a minute, we're going to add add another person and they could be, especially downtown, I mean, they could be, you'd be adding another liberal potentially voice to the assembly. Is the other side of it, I guess. Who knows? Because when redistricting happens, it's not clear where those boundaries. Oh right, will yeah, be. you don't. That's so true. That district is going to become almost twice as large. The other districts will get smaller, of course, as well. Every district will lose about five thousand people, which again is a good thing because the smaller your district, the more of a voice you have with your assembly member. You always want to be in the smallest possible district with the maximum number of representatives, so that you have that access. So the other districts get smaller. Um, this, you know, what we call now District One, that will get bigger, and we don't know what that looks like. But it could mean um, including more of Jay Bear. It could mean including, you know, going uh, going east out towards Eagle River. Um, so actually, District One, or you know, what we call District One now, could end up becoming significantly more conservative uh, with this change. We don't know what the boundary lines will look like after reapportionment with population changes. So, is there a website or? There is. The website is yes on Anchorage. Sorry, yes on twelve Anchorage dot com. Yes on twelve, like one two. Yeah. Yes on one two. Anchorage.com. Okay, and then I think there's a Facebook page too, isn't there? Facebook so. page, and uh, our campaign committee is called Two for All. That every we really believe that every assembly district should have two representatives. All residents should have two representatives. So our Facebook page is Two for All, and the website is Yes on Twelve Anchorage.com. So who are some of the folks? I know you're involved. I mean, who are some other other people involved? I'm volunteering on this. The campaign chairman is Rob Couples. Uh, he lives in Sand Lake, but he's a business owner downtown. Oh, I, I know him from the Third Avenue Radicals. Uh, yeah, he's involved in that group too. Um, you know, uh, several other business owners downtown. Um, uh, just honestly, a lot of neighborhood folks um, and people on the assembly. You know, this um, initiative passed nine to eleven. On the assembly. So most of the assembly members really support this because they don't want the single member district to end up coming for them. Who voted against it? Uh, the two Eagle River. I was going to say, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know that that might have been self defeating because if this were to not pass, then the single member district will probably rotate in a couple of years. It will leave the downtown area, and then you know where where will it go? This is. I mean, I think I started hearing about this a couple of years ago when I first started hearing about this thing because I knew there was a single member, but then it. Kind of got talked about like it's supposed to rotate or something, and it seems like it's been kind of a couple years in the making. This is that it's been talked about a, a lot over the years. Uh, Chris Constant really took this on as a, a project of his, and uh, as a resident of that district, I'm grateful that he did because it's been it's a very weird quirk that was written into our charter, and it's just time for us to fix this and and making amendments to the charter. That that's why the amendment process exists, as we recognize mm-hmm. when we write charters and, and whatever that we're not going to get it right the first time. So you have the opportunity to fix it. This was a mistake, and and we have an opportunity to make it better. So um, Chris has really taken this on, but um, the support for it on the assembly is is broad, and um, everybody really sees this as a benefit for all. Anchorage residents so that nobody ends up getting the pulling the short straw and and being the represented by only one person. So ballots go out in about three weeks, March 17th, right? Um, or March 12th? I think it's mm, somewhere around then. So they go out, then there's, you know, April 2nd, I, I think it's, it's April second? 7th. 7th yeah. to, get, to get back. So um, we'll be watching it. So yeah, if you, if you ever want to buy an ad, I know a guy. <laughs> oh, well, that's very interesting. Maybe you can introduce us. I can I can definitely do that. Well, Moira Gallagher, I want to thank you for coming in. We've had a great conversation. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. We're going to do more. You're, you're a good podcaster. Oh, wow. That's good, good uh, banter here. Good, you know, kind of back and what forth. What a compliment. Thank you. You're pretty good. And you got a good voice, too. So it's kind of the 
two birds with one stone situation. Oh, well, I think I just inherited that from a from a family of public servants. I've had people um, before on here, and, and you ask them, like, you think they're going to be great? And then it's like, you ask them some question, yes? Okay. <laughs> Let's move moving on. Some people are nervous around a hot mic. I get it. Oh, not, not without reason. <laughs> um, okay, Mario, I want to thank you for coming in. Thanks, Jeff. Um, watch the roads. Hopefully they'll yes. get plowed. I'm going to be doing a Facebook Live very soon, too complain about this and I'm sure I'm going to get contacted by people. I'm sure you will. And uh, in the meantime, uh, talk to your friends and vote yes on 12. So vote yes on 12. What is it again? The website? Yes on 12 anchorage.com. Okay. Um, Thanks for coming in. We will uh, do one of these in the future. I promise. Awesome. All right, folks, if you have an idea for a podcast or want to do a podcast, get a hold of me and stay tuned for the next one. Landline.